Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Stream of Social Consciousness. So, my name is Olivia, and I am going to be your host for this show, and we're going to jump right into our first episode, and I wanted to talk about this because I wanted to know if anybody else is thinking, hmm, is real hot girl shit going to ruin my career? And we'll get into all the reasons why that is and isn't and is kind of true. But first things first, I have a question for all the people out there. Um, do you plan your hairstyles around your interviews? Take a second and think about that. So the reason I ask is because I feel like that is something that is an experience that mostly Black people, mostly Black women can relate to. And honestly, it's something that even I do. I have braids and anytime that I have braids and I have an interview, I'm like, dang, I can't take my braids out because they're fairly new. But are they going to be okay with me having braids? I don't know. So I feel like I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. So this whole conversation, at least for me, started because recently on my Instagram, I think all of y'all should follow me on there. If you're not, you're the police and I'm judging you. But <laughs> on my Instagram... I posted a picture wearing a very cute pink wig that I made for my birthday. And I was like, this wig is so cute. The pictures are so bomb. But if I post this on my Instagram, how am I going to look? And to some degree, having a social media does make you self-conscious of things like that, just in general. But I feel like I am an anomaly in some sense because I'm not an Instagram girl. I'm not an Instagram model. I'm not a beauty girl. I'm just like some random regular girl on YouTube. I'm also a full-time grad student. Um, and in the long term, I do plan on like going into the workforce, right? So with these pictures, as bomb as I looked, as cute as I am, as cute as the wig was, I was like, dang, should I even post these? Because do they align with a professional persona? If y'all hear people in the background, I live in New York, and sometimes you're going to hear people in cars. I completely apologize. There's no way to edit them out. I should get like a cone or something and put it outside my window so no cars drive past when I'm recording but we'll get to that <laughs> anyway I started thinking now it's like dang does this align with a professional persona does this align with you know the values and ideals of the school that I go to but then I also started thinking I am just as much Olivia, I'm just as much an individual as I am any of those things. So why do I have to focus on that? And even more so, this is kind of a tangent. That's why the show is called Stream of Social Consciousness, because it is literally my stream of consciousness as I process through these topics with y'all. But also, it kind of like makes me think about why I have issues with LinkedIn 
So if you don't know, LinkedIn is a professional social network, um, a great app. This is not a beefing with LinkedIn podcast, you know, but the thing that I struggle with in making my LinkedIn and, and like maintaining a LinkedIn is that I don't want to have to separate all the things that make me me and all the things that make me professional. So my thing with LinkedIn is that I don't want to solely be my accomplishments. I don't want to solely be my research, my school, my job, whatever. I'm just as much all of those things as I am my Instagram, as I am my fake Instagram baddie aesthetic. <laughs> so it, it, it is difficult for me having to separate those things in order to be seen as a professional or in order to be taken seriously in the field that I study. So with that picture, it did give me a lot of anxiety because I am just starting grad school. I actually start grad school uh, the Tuesday after this episode will be released, but I don't want my peers or at the time when I was posting this picture and having these feelings, I didn't want my peers to see it and be like, oh, she's ghetto. She she's some random old ghetto girl. The school I attended Ivy League schools and that only adds even more pressure. And I didn't want them to be like, oh, who found this little rat and put her in this school? And though I know that I am capable, that I am smart, that I can't achieve, I got into the school. And not only that, I got into every school that I applied to. So it's not even really that. It's just that even in the back of my head, even though I know all of these things about myself, I still have this idea that, you know, people aren't going to take me seriously. And why is that? And my other thing is, why can't you just take me seriously anyway? And it does come with some implicit biases. It does come with some people subscribing to white supremacy, subscribing to respectability politics. Both are things that we're going to talk about in just a few minutes. But why does that then oppress me? <laughs> we know why. But it then does oppress me and it then does make me feel a dissonance as a Black woman entering this new academic, hyper-academic space, I might add. So I mentioned a little bit about white supremacy. I mentioned a little bit about respectability politics. So there is an article. I'm going to leave it in my notes. I don't know what they call it on each platform, but uh, the little description bar of the episode, there's an article called The Bias of Professionalism Standards. And in that article, they define white supremacy as the systemic institutionalized centering of whiteness. And I think that's a pretty good um, definition. This article was recently published, I want to say in June 2019. And basically, white supremacy is this idea that white people, white, the idea of whiteness, Eurocentricity, are the things that are to be focused on. And in that idea and in subscribing to that idea, it pushes everyone who does not, who is not white to the outskirts. You are then marginalized. So the same thing that I struggle with about 
LinkedIn, the same thing I struggled with about, you know, wanting to maintain a professional persona, but also wanting to be a 22 year old who wants to change her hair color is the idea that white supremacy is oppressing me, right? And this took, this got very deep very quickly, but it is the truth. It's the, it's the same idea that white supremacy and the, the values that whiteness upholds is oppressing me and I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. So this article does a pretty good job of um, breaking down professionalism, professional settings, and how white supremacy plays a role in that. And this isn't just about hair. Because we know, especially if you're a Black girl, you know that in professional settings, hair is a big thing. Like, you have to have the right hair or you're going to be seen as less than or equal to. You know, are you going to have bundles or are you going to be seen as something else, you know? And where does that come from? Because, you know, you think about women who grew up in the hood and they wear the big bamboo earrings, they have colored hair. And why can't they then go into, into a workplace and be taken seriously, no matter what their credentials are? Um, why wouldn't they be taken seriously if their hair isn't brown or black or blonde or, you know, something else? And it's not even about, you know, it's not flattering. It's it's about because of who has the head of hair because I've definitely seen white women and white passing women have these like rainbow hairstyles and they look so cute with their little pixie cut and they are seen as they are seen as eccentric and and quirky but if it were me they'd be like girl ew first of all who told you you could come to my job with this purple hair? Because it's not it. It get out. Because that's not what we want from you. And even if that's not the truth, it's something that many Black women, not only myself, have internalized. And we take actions to prevent having to deal with that. Right? So, and like I was saying before, it's not just about hair. It's about clothes. It's about, you know, the way that you speak. Why is it that no matter how much education that I have, I still have to subscribe to these certain types of standards. And it's not even just standards set by white people. It's standards that are perpetuated by people that look like me, people who are in that marginalized space, at, right? So that thing is referring to respectability politics. So a quick Google search, just to give you all a full definition yielded me. Respectability politics is attempts made by marginalized groups to police their own members and show their social values as being continuous and compatible with dominant values rather than challenging the mainstream for what they see as its failure to accept difference. That's a lot. So basically, I found another article that is entitled Performing a Vanilla Self. And I think that that is just a, uh, that definition in a nutshell. You're performing a watered down version of yourself so that you can fit into this white supremacist space. But not only are you performing that, you are making sure that other people perform it as well. So 
For my black girl listeners, have you ever worked somewhere and there is an older black lady who, if you wear a short skirt, not even a short skirt, if you wear a skirt, period, or if you get like coffin nails or anything that doesn't align with that like old timey stockings, shoulders covered idea, they give you a stank look. Or they'll come and they'll say something shady to you and be like, you know, I wouldn't wear that to work anymore. And part of it is kind of like, you know, they're looking out for you. They they want you to succeed and they, they've probably already been in this space for longer than you. So they know how to operate. I think about, ooh, I think about that scene and insecure where Molly was telling the girl that, you know, she's too loud and that they aren't really going to like it. And that scene really resonated with me because I feel like there have been times where I've been Molly and there have been times where I can't remember the character's name. I'm so sorry. But there have been times where I've been her too, where it's like, why I got here. I got here on my own. I, I am who I am. And why do I have to act in order to be taken seriously? I must still have the degree. Once I finish this program, I'm going to still have the master's. So y'all going to still take me seriously. But on the flip side, there have been times where I've been Molly and it's like, you know, yes, all of that is true, but I need to protect myself. And that is difficult to, to cope with. So... Thinking about respectability politics, it even more so is, it makes me even more so experience a dissonance because I'm like, dang, not only is it just white people, if it was just white people telling me, don't wear a wig, don't wear certain things to work, um, then I'd be like, you know what, y'all always try to tell me what to do, leave me alone. It'd be easier for me to dismiss it because I've gotten to a place where I'm comfortable in my my blackness and my experience and my identities that I don't like to be and I don't allow white people to police me anymore. But then it adds that extra layer of, dang, there's the old black ladies, there's the people in your community telling you that this is right. And it's not even older black people. I went to and currently go to a PWI. So for those of you who don't know, that is a predominantly white institution. So I think about people who I've encountered at my undergrad who would be gatekeepers to certain opportunities. And they would open that gate for certain Black people who looked like certain Black people. And y'all know the type of people who I mean. Those are the bougie <laughs> the bougie black people who only open the door for other bougie black people who they know will shuck and jive well with the white people who they are already in circles with. And that's not fair, but it does happen. And that only makes it more difficult because I think about my career and, and the way that I am. Sure, I may not be you know, young Miami 305. And to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, I told my friend this, the only quantifiable differences between me and Carisha, because I love her, that is my soul sister. If you ever hear this, Carisha, listen to me, I love you so much. But the only quantifiable differences 
between me and Carisha from the City Girls, if y'all don't know, is money on her part because I'm broke. <laughs> my degree and her baby because I feel like that's my girl. We really, I feel like I am the same. I feel like we're the same, but that's a different story. But, you know, the people who would not accept someone like Carisha, no matter how much accolades, no matter how much she has, they see her and they're like, mm-mm, uh-uh, 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 no, no, no. But then they'll see someone, someone like me even, who I may not have everything that she has, but I look the part. And sure, looking the part can get you very far, but I feel like that's why we have so many mediocre people and mediocre Black people anyway in spaces because they just look the part. They, they don't really give you anything else. They just look the part. And that's not fair to someone like me and to people who who don't subscribe to these types of standards, who don't, who aren't your traditional professionals, um, because they are a little bit different and they they don't look like you and they don't act like you. You don't give them the same opportunities, and that's something that's scary to me as I enter this next chapter of my life and then as I enter the workforce in general because. I don't want someone to see me or hear me talk on this podcast or see my tweets or go on my Instagram and think that I am any less than what I am. Because at the end of the day, in two years, I'm going to have two degrees. And still, people won't take me seriously because if they go on my Instagram, they'll see me in a pink wig. That's crazy to me. And that's not fair. So I struggle with that. I struggle with that because... Not Like I said, not only are there the white people who are going to do it anyway, right? Because they want to obtain that white supremacy. They want it to continue to work for them. And the only reason it works for them is because it pushes everybody to the outskirts, right? But then there are those people who want to be white so bad and they want to be white so bad that they push you to the outskirts as well. So it really does bother me and I struggle with it so much because I like I said I'm 22 (laughs) and I sometimes feel like I'm living my life like I'm a 30 year old like 40 year old 50 year old like time is running out and time is not running out for me well the earth is about to die but climate change we'll get into climate change on another episode hopefully but (laughs) I'm only 22 these are things that I want to do I want to dye my hair pink sometimes. I want to have stiletto nails sometimes. And in a way, there are there is a certain way that you should present yourself. Or maybe this is more respectability politics, getting ready to jump. And I've been socialized to still think this even after like not subscribing to either of these things. Um, there is a certain way to like look and act in theory right? You know, no pajama pants. That works. Do y'all say pajama or pajama? Pajama. Whatever. Doesn't matter. You know, no pajama pants. You know, wipe the crusties out of your eyes when you go to work. All of the other things about dress, about hair, about act, I feel like those things are socialized. And had we grown up in a society that says, you should come to work however you feel like it, 
you're an individual that appreciates of individuality, I think things would be a lot different and this wouldn't be the episode that I'm talking about right now, right? But then I do think about strides. Um, I think about the California ban on um, California becoming the first state to ban based on natural hair, ban discrimination based on natural hair. I'll leave that article in the notes as well, but that's a stride. That's something that we can appreciate because people are breaking free from these confines, but the fact that they had to do it anyway is still something. So one thing I don't like to do is complain without providing some type of action plan anyway. I want to circle back to the original question. Is real hot girl shit ruining my career? I don't think so. I don't think so. And it's mostly because I won't let it because I am the type of person who is going to challenge those things, challenge the people in power to a reasonable degree. I'm not trying to get y'all out here losing your jobs or anything, but it is something worth thinking about because as much fun as I want to have, as, as much as I want to be a 22 year old, I am have to be a professional right now because I live in this society and it's difficult, definitely difficult. I would love to be one of those people on Instagram just out in Vegas and, you know, doing doing the whole thing. But to some degree, I do need to maintain that, at least for right now, until we can all break free from those confines. But, you know, we're not there yet. So it's about challenging. And like I said, I don't like to complain without giving some type of action. And one of those things is strategically challenging the people that are in power. If you are in a workplace or, you know, some type of professional setting that makes you feel oppressed without losing your job. I want us all to secure bags, all, all 2K forever, all 2K until the world end. <laughs> and then I also think it's about finding places that value you. Like, if California, if you want to go to California because of specifically because they don't discriminate on the basis of natural hair, which I'm also kind of wary about because, you know, they people they've created all types of laws that say you can't discriminate, but then they find ways to still discriminate. You think about like the war on drugs, how it's like it's on drugs, but it's also on black people. Y'all could be honest. Um, so, yeah, but law. Circling back, it's about finding places that value you, finding workplaces that value you, that allow you to be a creative, that allow you to be an individual, that don't make you feel like you have to perform a vanilla version of yourself. Um, and long story short, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired of pretending like I'm less than what I am. I'm tired of, of you know, acting like these things are going to be the end of my career or feeling like these things are going to be the end of my career, being hyper cognizant of all of these things. But I also am hopeful that people challenging these places and people right now who are challenging these places and these spaces and these people are making a way for people like me as I enter the workforce and I enter grad school to feel more comfortable in their individual selves. So that is the episode. I do want to talk a little bit about the show and about myself before signing off. Like I said, my name is Olivia. This show is named Stream of Social Consciousness. I kind of think and talk in the stream of, of consciousness 
And I love processing and I love getting that stuff out because I think it's important to at least start having the conversation. I am a black girl. I'm from Miami, Florida. I went to a PWI. I currently go to a PWI getting a master's. And I am excited to start this new podcast journey with you all. And if there's anything that you all would like me to talk about, you can head to my website, oliviajbrown.com and click on the link that says stream of social consciousness. And you will be able to submit any requests. I also have a link from Anchor, the website that uh, holds my podcast um, that will allow you to send voice messages to me for the podcast as well. Um, and as well, follow me on all my social media. You can see those on my website as well. I hope you all learned something from this. I hope this got you thinking at least a little bit about respectability politics, white supremacy, hair, where you fall in that. And I hope you tune in for the next one. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Talk to you later.